The attacks came at night. Monsters came into the very tents, undaunted by campfire and torchlight. The monsters dragged fully grown men from their beds, taking them away in the night to satisfy their bloodlust. It sounds like the plot of a horror film, but this really happened. The monsters weren't some eldritch beasts straight out of Lovecraft. They were lions. And we had a hand in making them the man-eaters that they were. I'm Tracy S. Morris, and I am not making this up. On the Serengeti near Kenya, there's a valley that runs near the Savo River. It's very hot there. So hot the lions there are adapted so that they don't have thick, furry manes that would cause them to overheat. So hot that for centuries, slave traders marched their human chattel alongside the river rather than overland across the plains. So hot that many of them sickened, died, and were left there to rot. Over time, the lions who lived near the Savo River lost their caution. To them, humans were choice food, slower, weaker, and more defenseless than most prey animals, which was important to one of the lions from our story, who had an abscessed canine tooth, which kept him from hunting the way lions do, by grabbing their prey in its jaws and dragging it down. So when disease killed off the elephants and the zebras and the gazelles that they normally fed on, and then a group of humans started building a railroad through their territory, the lions saw easy prey and went on the hunt. The men weren't African. They were Indian workers led by British project managers. Perhaps if they could have understood the local language, they would have been wary. The word Savo means place of slaughter. Although the word referred to the way the Maasai warriors would attack weaker tribes, it was still an omen of things to come. Almost as soon as the workers arrived, a porter vanished. When the workers later found his mauled body, the head of their project, Lieutenant Colonel Henry Patterson, resolved to find and kill the beast. To the horror of the entire camp, they instead found the mauled corpses of the lion's other victims. Within days, a second worker vanished. The lions worked together. The way you see lions attack a large herd of zebras, they would run at the workers to scatter them and then pick them off when they were alone and vulnerable. The workers constructed thorn fences, lit bonfires, and patrolled the camp at night, but the lions continued to stalk the camp, picking off the unwary. By within a month, the death toll was said to be 17. Patterson hunted the lions in increasingly creative ways, setting traps, trying to shoot the lions from a tree or a platform. You've heard of a duck blind? He used a lion blind. It took nine months, but Patterson eventually killed both lions. He claimed that the man-eaters had killed over 135 victims. He had the creatures skinned and made into rugs. Eventually, he sold the skin rugs to the Chicago Field Museum, where they were mounted for display. It's thought that the mounted lions are smaller than the original lions due to the damage from having been rugs for a time. More recently, science has allowed for a more in-depth analysis of the Savo lions and of their behavior. Hair analysis showed that the lions did eat humans in the months before their death. One lion ate approximately 11 people, while the other ate approximately 25 people. While this is a grim statistic, it's a lot lower than Patterson's estimate of 135. Why the discrepancy? It's possible the number grew in the telling. The attacks were a genuine reign of terror among the workers. Everyone working there knew at least one person who had died and he never knew when an attack would come. 
For one of the lions, humans made up over half of its diet. Imagine living under that kind of stress and terror for 10 months. The numbers may have inflated because in human memory, it seemed like the lions killed everyone you knew. Modern studies conclude that the Savo lions were no more bloodthirsty than any other lion. They appear to be the product of a perfect storm of disease and human encroachment. But we probably remember them because for a short time, two apex predators brought the British Empire to a standstill. That's something that many countries couldn't even do. Thank you for listening to I Am Not Making This Up. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, pretty much all the other directories now, so subscribe. If you like what you hear, leave a review with your preferred podcast service. That's how other listeners find me. For more bizarre stories that I didn't make up, and some that I did, go to my website, tracysmorris.com. I post a new history story every Monday. You can also subscribe to my newsletter. I send out an original speculative fiction story every month. Or you can check out my short stories and novels there. If you want a good laugh, why not purchase one of my books like Bride of Tranquility, a murder mystery set in a haunted hotel during a Renaissance wedding. It's available on Amazon, through Yard Dog Press, or Bain Books. And if you have an improbable history topic that you'd like me to cover, please drop me an email at author at tracysmorris.com.